y'all done this? Two years? I'd like to do another one. Welcome to another edition of Down the HR Rabbit Hole, brought to you by Crescent and Impact HR. My name is Sanders Offner, and I'm the president of Crescent. And we have a great show today, a wonderful guest, probably even better, wonderful human being than business owner. Uh, he's probably really good at both. But before that, I do want to introduce uh, Philip Carrillo, who is our HR advisor. So welcome, Philip. Well, hello. Thank you for having me, as always. Happy to be here. And obviously, our, as I alluded to, our wonderful guest is Mr. Frank Loria, who is the owner of Personnel Consulting Group. Mr. Frank, appreciate you being here with us. This Honored to be here. Thank you. And uh, this, this topic is one that really we've, uh, we've seen that uh, had a challenge with really in any industry. And obviously, you're on the forefront of that with the business that you're in. So uh, we've been looking forward to this episode. And uh, for those of you who are listening, the topic for, the t for today's discussion is recruiting best practices to attract the talent that everyone wants. So if you're a, a business owner listening you're, or you're an HR professional and you're struggling uh, trying to find the talent, where to go to do it, what type of unique tips of the trade that, you, uh, that are important to you, this is the show to be listening on because I, I know Frank has some. No pressure. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll start you with the first question, Frank. Um, obviously, everybody's fighting over this, this talent out there. What are some unique tips, ideas that you would recommend to a recruiter or someone that's rec trying to recruit employees to their business to gain advantage mm -hmm. over everybody else to find this good talent? Well, first, I, I'm going to have to give away trade secrets, and I'm not sure. I, I do, we, do we need to I, mute this I part? I may plead the fifth on yeah. this. But, uh, um, yeah, everybody is, is fighting for the same talent, and uh, <clears throat> it's a very difficult time. And there's lots of reasons for that. Um, but... It, not going into that initially is um, oftentimes the most difficult time employers have in terms of locating the right people is for them actually knowing who the right people are that they're looking for. They make the mistake of not interviewing themselves first. They make the mistake of not bringing the entire team or the team that's uh, necessary for this hire to come together and to really strategize. So you may have somebody, let's say, that's retired. Lots of people retiring. A lot of, a lot of us boomers are retiring. And some companies just say, well, let's just find somebody to take Harry's place. Well, the position may have long passed Harry, and there are things because of technology uh, or just the way in which the company has grown that you need to put together a different strategy of employment. And so it's important for those employers to first interview themselves. I, I somewhat pithily say, if you don't interview yourself first, you won't have an employee that lasts. And so that's a very important thing that you have to do. Make sure you're right on the salary. Make sure you're right on the duties uh, and responsibilities of the job, not just thinking about what that person's going to do uh, initially when they walk in the door and sit down at their desk, but what are the long-term plans that you may have for that role? And the more you can give and uh, a prospective candidate an understanding of not just what's going to happen on October 3rd, let's say, if it's your start date, 2022, but October 3rd, 2024, 2026, 
Uh, let them know that you're not thinking about this job just as you're filling the job. Thanks for filling this hole that we have and taking the pressure off. But we're thinking about you as well. One of the biggest mistakes a company can make and do most often, uh, particularly as things have changed today. It, it used to be, now this, I may be all over the rabbit hole here uh, because there's so many. That's why we call it the rabbit hole. That's right. I have a friend that has a all over the road podcast as well. That's not meant to be meant to be a promo for his promo, but for, for his podcast. But um, you know, it used to be. Let me just back off for a second. So I've been in this business for forty three years, and uh, this is before there was even a fax machine. When you you had to you had to you had to rely on the United States Postal Service. Um, so um, it used to be that if you were to accept an offer, turn in your resignation and to your employer, and they would desire to make a counteroffer to you, it was the kiss of death. They would make you that counteroffer, not because they necessarily wanted to keep you, it was just convenient for them to keep you until they found your replacement. That has changed 180%. How so? How so? Yeah. Um, because counteroffers aren't the kiss of death anymore. Employers are waking up to the fact that they're not stupid. They know that, that people are in demand. But they will be reactive instead of proactive. Instead of seeing that the hiring environment is a difficult place and I better, I better make these raises or do something to my benefits plan before my folks start getting poached they'll sometimes wait till it's too late. They don't know that their employee may be looking or is looking. They go to turn in the resignation. They say, look, we don't want you to lose you. We want to do what we can to keep you. You're so important to the organization and uh, we've got plans for you. And they mean it now because they don't have somebody to take that person's place. <coughs> and so counter offers, uh, which would typically in years gone by mean that you're gonna be on the street in about seven months when they find your replacement. They didn't know you were looking, and now you don't know that they are looking for your replacement. That's changed completely. And so um, now they will understand that you've looked for something else, and they'll do everything they can to keep you. So, so that's a, you know, let me segue, Philip, to you to, to add on to, to Frank's comment. So if, if, the, if the business is really having to, to look inwardly on interviewing themselves, you know, what are – you know, as, as we're talking to some of our HR clients, what are, what are you seeing that now leadership in these companies are realizing like, hey, we've, we've not only have to have a good salary and good vacation policies, but we've really got to beef up our game on all these other things that a 25-year-old may want, right. but still have the things that are important to the 50-year-old employee. So what are, you, what are you seeing on that front where employers are really having to reshape how they recruit and find the candidates that they want. Yeah, for sure. This is a, uh, obviously the topic on everyone's mind these days is they're uh, desperately searching for the right talent. Um, and there are a few things I, I would take a step back even further. So I like the idea of interviewing self first. In fact, I wrote it down. I think that's brilliant. But um, part of that interview and that introspection has to come from it has to be a very tactical approach. So what I'm talking about are things like do a skills gap analysis. What skills do you have to fill? 
Um, and when I often, when I'm speaking with employers, are thinking, well, I want to know who's going to fit in. I think it's a, a much deeper question than I think it's, well, who's going to not only fill the skills gaps in your organization, who's going to contribute in a way that completes your, your current value chain, but who has the skills to help your product continue to evolve as things just evolve on such a, a fast-paced, um, insane pace. Um, and so taking that step back and that critical step back and, and thinking about what are the skills that we need why is it that we even want to hire someone in the first place? Is it just to, f to, to hang on to a couple of, of items that are driving you know, my current workers crazy? No, it's much more than that. You really need people to be more contributory than just taking on some of the extra work that others can't handle. Um, <coughs> so that's the first thing. And then you want to think about, um, I, I totally agree about this idea of opportunities, giving opportunities to the employee or thinking about the employee as, as a long-term worker who has uh, who will evolve in their career and so what I see just vastly across the board across every industry um, is that employees beyond the paycheck getting that right obviously is, is number one important right but beyond that there is the um, pursuit of giving opportunity and giving recognition to employees in a way that um, is edifying for them so what I mean by that is you've also got to know what the goals of that new hire are their personal career goals so that down the road when they've grown in their career and your business has evolved as it naturally will that they've evolved and grown together so that there's this synergy otherwise it's actually going to be the opposite it'll be um, you know uh, discord and there'll be um, they'll be looking for a new job in less than a year absolutely <laughs> and particularly this generation it it used to be, again, back in the dark ages when I started in this business, that if someone was with a company for seven years, the likelihood was they would retire from that company. If someone stays with a company seven years today, it's amazing. I, I don't know the exact number on what uh, the, the uh, amount of time that uh, an individual stays with a company in, in the millennial or Z-Gen, but it's not very long. I mean, w what we would consider job hopping uh, in the past is not job hopping today, not at all. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that is truly because maybe older folks like myself have not evolved, to use Philip's word, um, in terms of thinking like the generations before them think. Uh, not to say that people in the past weren't career-minded, but. I don't think they were quite. Maybe we were not as quite as career-minded as just making a living, bringing home money into the house, that type of thing. Um, so uh, it's important, and I think, and you know, not to get into the remote area right now, mm -hmm. but it's even more difficult in this remote environment to build a career culture, a culture of thinking that this is where I want to be for a long time. I'm so connected to the goal so connected to the people. Um, I mean, there are some people that have never met, never will meet their employer except over a, a Zoom or a Microsoft Teams meeting. <laughs> it's things that one never would have thought of in the past of being even remotely possible. Yeah. So. Here's, a, here's a thought I want to talk about right now. So from what I see, and, and you all can add to this, it seems to be as, as tight as the labor market is and finding good talent. Yeah. You know, years ago, 
most of the time it was the employer interviewing the candidate. Mm -hmm. It seems to me that now it's the candidate interviewing the employer. That's right. Like, hey, you really want me. I'm sitting here today. Mm -hmm. Why would I come to work for you? Mm -hmm. So tell me what you're doing with your clients on either educating them or coaching them, their interviewers, Yes. on, hey, yeah. what do you need to be doing to share your vision, your mission, your culture, so that that candidate really feels jazzed about potentially coming to work for you? Right. Well, it, there are several things, and depending upon the size of the company you are is how many horses you can put in front of them. Um, certainly, before the interview even happens, you want to give a good impression to the candidate. You don't want to just email or text that candidate, looking forward to seeing you, hope you're well. Make that, you know, there, we've been talking about in our staff meetings, uh, levels of communication, you know, from least personal to most personal in terms of whether it's building a relationship every relationship starts somewhere and the least personal uh, is is an email or a, a, or a text something that is just it doesn't connect voices at least and so one thing that we will encourage the clients to do initially is call that person do what you can to let them hear your voice, let them hear your excitement about them coming in so that there are expectations. Make sure that the candidate knows exactly how to get to the interview um, and just say, hey, we want you to be as ready for this interview. You know, this is not a stump the band time. This is, we want you to be as comfortable as this in this interview as you possibly can. So, you know, any questions that you've got right now that I may be able to even quickly help you with I'd be willing to do that show this person you're for them you want them to succeed so even if at the end of the interview you realize this person's not going to be a fit this person feels cared for and we know that bad news travels at least twice as fast as good news and in this small city if someone <laughs> you know if someone doesn't care for you the way that interview went the way they feel like they were treated on that interview it will be blasted out there. And so make that person feel, go out of your way to make that person feel like, even if you quote unquote reject them as a candidate for them, they didn't feel rejected as a person. You appreciated them and explain to them. So, um, so that's kind of even preempting, Sanders, what you're, what you're asking is that even before the interview happens, let that person know you're excited about them coming in, or persons know, because hopefully <coughs> not often you can find more than one sure. good candidate. Uh, and even when you have that good candidate come in, that person could be sitting on two offers. I mean, we see this all the time. And so, um, again, interviewing yourself first, very important. Have your team that's going to interview the person be lined up and ready for the interview, there, there's nothing much more embarrassing and off-putting, embarrassing to the for the client and off-putting to the candidate, than the person that was due to interview not be there, didn't know. Uh, th that happens, and it's 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 a black eye that hopefully you can recover from. And then don't have the same questions for every the same a different person asks the same <laughs> questions in the interview again. As as Phil was saying, have a have a have a strategy, uh, have a tactic for going into that, a and, and different persons diff asking different questions.
questions as well. And again, getting into that person's life, not just asking nuts and bolts, hard, you know, interview questions. Ask some soft questions as well. And so, um, again, I think today, uh, not that people in the past, not that we in the past didn't care about what people thought of it. It's just a much more touchy-feely generation. I'm not, that's not a critical statement. It's just the way it is. Uh, for, for most people, for many people today. And again, I work in the area of accounting and engineering, you know, uh, and IT where they're not people aren't necessarily known to be the, you know, they're not going to be your public speakers or anything like that unless you're Jim Schneider who works with me and just loves to, he's a, <laughs> Jim is one of a kind. Um, so um, so th those things are, are very important and to make that person feel as comfortable as possible in, in the interview. And then, once the interview is over, you know, we have always told the candidate, respond to the client with some type of note. You know, if you have a handwriting that is legible, then make it a handwritten note. Uh, because again, it takes more time to do that. But reach back to that person as quickly as you can to thank them for the time. Again, as they're interviewing you, that person may, may not be the person for the job, but he or she may know the person for the job. And they're gonna talk about, I mean, people talk about what's going on in their lives. And if they just had an interview with a particular company and they were impressed by that company, well, they're gonna go to the bar that night or go to wherever they're going that night and party, and they're gonna talk about that. And who knows who's listening? So I know that sounds maybe somewhat esoteric, but it's, it's just real, it, it's just, it's real. Do you think, though, that these employers, they really got to think about who they're going to put in front of them to interview? And, and I say that, like, to, to Philip. So, you know, an HR professional, that a lot of times is the first line of defense on these interviews, mm -hmm. right? You know, H HR people are very, you know, compliance, you know, rules, black and white. Yeah. Could that, could that type of role potentially turn off a candidate? No offense, Philip. I'm just trying to make <laughs> sure. So I guess what I'm asking, Frank, is, you know, are we sending in the closers to do these interviews yeah. if they really like this candidate? I wish Philip weren't here right now. Gatekeepers <laughs> um, <laughs> are kidding. very important, right? <laughs> um, I would not send in HR first. HR would be my it would maybe be last or somewhere in the middle because of that. HR is very concerned about you know, not saying the wrong thing, don't get us sued, and that's, and that's very important. I mean, HR has is, is got to be the gatekeeper and, and a line of defense so that interviewers aren't saying things that they shouldn't say like, well, how old are you? Right. You know, what kind of a car do you drive? Right. Um, I are mean, you married? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, things like that, which used to be all of our resumes. I mean, our resumes said that very thing, you know, date of birth. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny how things are <laughs> <laughs> health. You know, no, just had a heart attack. I mean, that would, so um, so I think HR is important, but I would put HR somewhere in the middle. Again, depending upon how many people there are, but the hiring authority and someone or ones that they would be working with, uh, then HR to kind of come in and bring in some of the, if, the you're, if you're talking about employee benefits or something like that, or perks. And then I may close the interview either, if depending upon whether the 
again, this depends on how the interview goes. Let's say the interview goes extremely well, and you got somebody like Cheyenne there that you want to get this gal in, and you want to make sure. Then it may be the hiring authority, that, that the person they'll be working with directly, to ask the president to come in or the general manager to come in to really to say, hey, it's been a great interview. I'd, I'd really love for you to meet the general manager before, before you leave. That says something to this individual. It's like, wow, they, they like me. They're, they're really take, making an effort to, to show me that they feel like I could fit into this organization. Uh, and so you may, you may actually close with the person you started with. Um, and, and that way, uh, along the, the course of the interview, there are going to be questions that pop up in the candidate's mind and just giving that person, uh, the candidate, him or her, the opportunity to ask any more questions. Got it. Uh, well, Frank, we're going to wrap up here in a few minutes, but I do want to give you a few minutes to talk about your business mm. and what's important to you. I know you've been doing this a long time and had a tremendous amount of success. Uh, so, if look, if, if you had to plug your business, uh, now's I, the time to do it. Yeah, I don't do that well. That's very kind <laughs> of you. Uh, I've heard you on the radio. Yeah, but that's a script. I didn't bring my script today, and that's <laughs> not about my business. Well, uh, so I'll, I'll make it easier on you. If, if I'm a an engineering firm and I you know I'm, I'm a business looking for some IT help or you know looking for some accounting help yeah. and I need a, a C-level type employee mm -hmm. you know how is why is personnel consulting yeah. group going to be m my best option to find those type of candidates so I, I think as you know Sanders we work in several areas of discipline um, uh, we do engineering particularly on the on the petrochemical refining design engineering side construction management accounting and finance, IT, human resources, uh, and then we do contract staffing on the accounting, IT, and uh, bookkeeping side, and a, um, HR as well. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, I just let you into a staff meeting right now that I, I really harp on is that um, our success is not measured uh, with the tax statement at the end of the year. Um, we truly do measure our success as to how well we have treated people. Um, it, our business can be very transactional. You could, you could treat a person as uh, an inventory to place in a particular place. That, that, it that will never be us. I could not work in that, that environment. Uh, people are image bearers of God, people looking to change their employment uh, it's one of the most stressful things that you can do in, in life. It's right up there in the top two or three of cha is changing a job. It may not be there anymore. Uh, but um, And so we take that into account, and we make sure that when we interview uh, prospective candidates for our clients, we know their motivation for leaving. Um, if their motivation for leaving is more money, it's probably not a good motivation for leaving. Um, uh, so uh, we, we do our best to get to know the people and the clients so that we're making a good, not just a good hard skills fit, but a good soft skills fit. Another thing is I've had the, the, the joy and the blessing of, of working with people. Our, our, our business can be a rather mercenary business where people just come in, they get trained, and they go off and they set out a shingle on their own. And uh, I've had several people retire, <laughs> and uh, and that is a great compliment um, 
to the culture of, of our company. And uh, so, so many folks that have worked with us have been, uh, have been with me for 35 years, 30 years, 29 years, and, and on. And then some younger folks that we're bringing in now, which I'm very excited about. So That's amazing. Yeah. That's so. Well, I've watched your business for a very long time, and you do it the right way. No, that's very and kind. That's, uh, Thank you. That's super important to me, and hopefully I've been able to emulate that in, in our business here. Mm. So we, uh, we're we going to wrap up the, the podcast today. Frank, appreciate you joining us. My pleasure. Um, so that's going to wrap up another edition of Down the HR Rabbit Hole. We will see you next time. Thank you.